Brighton. This is Mark. We're continuing in a series of what happened between the resurrection of Jesus and Pentecost. It's amazing that God wrapped history around again some significant Jewish holidays that uh, were patterned, that were on an annual basis, and he, he put in significant places of the history of the church in line with these things. It's very prophetic, very purposeful. So I'm going to get into uh, the passages for today, but I'm not going to read them, uh, read them out. I'm just going to give an overview. And I, but I encourage you to look into this Luke chapter 24, 36, through the end of the chapter, really, but I'm not going to go to the last few verses. And then the first five verses of the book of Acts, the, the first chapter of the book of Acts. And what's happening here is Jesus, just like John spoke about last week, and there's going to be some repetition over the course of these next few weeks, because we are, we're speaking of a, a specific period of time where God was moving deeper in people's lives. And so there's, there's a, a repetition, there's a depth, there's a a conviction that's happening in this season in the life of the church. And Jesus appears to his disciples. They're shocked, but he's speaking to them. And he goes on and, and talks to them about the law of Moses, as John spoke last week in another situation on the road to Emmaus. And now here they are, and he's with his disciples, and he's doing this. What, what was the whole point of history, all of the previous scriptures, how it led up to this point, and Jesus teaching about himself to the disciples and giving them understanding. And uh, then he, he tells them that there is something that's going to be coming. There is a, a place where there's going to be a, a power from heaven that's going to come. And so he tells them, stay here. There's, there, you need to not go and do a lot of things. You need to stay right here. And then we look in the first chapter of the book of Acts. And it's a, it's a letter that Luke wrote uh, also, but it's specifically addressed to a man named Theophilus. We'll get into the details of, of that dynamic. But it's, it's him retelling this story of the early church. And, uh, and he, he starts off just saying there's, there was this time when Jesus was taken up into heaven and that there were 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the, the apostles from time to time. And then there was a 10-day period that happened after the ascension of Jesus. And this is the, the 50 days up until Pentecost. And in this passage also, Jesus says, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as told you before. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is emphasizing to them, stay here. Do not leave. Stay in this in-between place. And I, I just have to imagine that this was a, a bit discombobulating for them. They were not knowing what was next, and having a great sense of expectation, something's going on, but they're also coming out of a place that was so deep and intense uh, that everything had been ripped up. Everything had been changed. This death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus 
completely reoriented their lives. And what's next? And Jesus is saying, wait, pause right here. And what's the effect of this pause? Well, in, in the disciples, what we see in this step and the progression of this story is that it, it, there was a place of repentance. There was a place of restoration. In the, the last chapter of John, we see Jesus restoring Peter from his um, denial. And uh, there's something that's being put back together. There's, there's a positioning happening with the church. There is a restructure of leadership that we see happening in the, the, the last part of Acts chapter 1. And I, I believe there also that in this time when the disciples were uh, gathered together in one room for 10 days, this whole uh, panorama, that they were dealing with things. Their community was limited to a very specific focus for a period of time. And I believe that a lot of issues in their heart came up in that time. Because imagine anytime you're on a short-term mission trip or your family even going on vacation or a camp situation. When we limit our focus in relationships, we look at each other and it causes us to look at our own hearts. And I believe that's what was happening with the early church. Now, <clears throat> it also prepared them for the launch of the church and an experience that the earth had never seen before. So how does this relate to us right now? Are there any ideas about how we might extrapolate from this in-between time of the church to what we're experiencing in our world right now? Well, yes, we're somewhat paralyzed. Many of us are busier than ever, but it's, it's on a smaller scale. It is right inside your home. There are less faces that you're looking at uh, and it's more intense in many ways. And, uh, but the core part of our world has been stopped. Business and financial activities in many, many ways are, are stopped. Um, the activities that we have in our transportation and our travel, there's, there's a, been a shutdown that's happened as uh, my friend Joe Ewan said that in a, an amazing comment, when was the last time that the earth, the entire world, was stopped for 40 days? It was the flood. It was Noah. So if, uh, I don't think it takes much to say we are in a prophetic season. God is getting our attention. He's limiting us and he is speaking to us. We're looking to less people than we ever have been before. Our world has gotten smaller and more focused. And God is, I really believe he is in this. You know, it's a complicated thing to say God is doing, you know, X or Y because people want to then blame God for certain things. But I believe God is in this and he's working in us. So what do we do? What do we do in this season where we're so paralyzed? And uh, I, I believe there's, there is a, an acceleration in this season. that We're going to be turning a corner if we're not in it already. Where people are saying, what's next? Not only, like, the, there's this whole sense of futuristic. What in our world has changed permanently? What's going to be going away? 
What are the things, what are the businesses that are going to be lost? How are the businesses that exist going to change? How does this affect school and education? How does this affect our family life? How does this affect transportation on a larger level? Larger level? How does it affect the church? How does it affect our relationships? I, I believe that significant prophetic words are going to be coming during this time. And I, I really challenge you to be journaling, writing down what God is saying to you. Not listening to a whole bunch of voices out there. Not listening to every podcast that's imaginable. Not listening even to your favorite teachers. But what is God saying to you? There's a, there's a cleansing that needs to come in all of the information that you're taking in so that you are not living a voyeuristic life. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, a, a, a voyeur is someone who is, it's like they're looking inside the window. They're not looking at their own life. They're not living out of their own experience. But it's, it's like a window shopper or an observer. They are disconnected from their own life and they're living vicariously through the information, the experiences, and the, the words of others. And there's a there's an emotional and a psychological disconnect that happens at that, that point. And God wants to put you back together. He wants to unite your heart so that you will fear his name. And so I want to call you to not living externally, but living out of the center living out of who God has called you to be. And that's what he's doing. He's limited your world so that you'll see the people, hopefully, that are most important to you. And that may be a little painful at first. That may be a little, it may cause some irritation and some rub. But God is wanting to focus us and bring us into living the life we have right now. And I want to call you to taking your eyes off of the news there's a sense of like, I'm going to find the rules for some, from somebody else. I'm going to find the information. And I just really think that um, we need to fast from some of this information. And I want to challenge you to recognize when you are escaping your present reality. When you are finding yourself. Sometimes I, I see myself, I told Susan the other day, I feel like a I'm a bug on a pen. My arms are moving and I'm kind of grasping for breath. I want to get away from this pain that's in my chest. And that's a moment where God is doing something in me. And I need to pay attention to that and not go toward uh, uh, some external experience or a video. I believe, what do we do? We need to move toward a deeper cleansing. And this is not like today's message. This is not... Okay, this Sunday we're doing this. I'm going to say this again and again and again. We are in a preparation for Pentecost. We're in a season where God is working in us. And this, this is weeks. This is this certainly this next month. But, but the, why is this? It's because he wants to free us from past patterns. He wants to bring a repentance that is cleansing and deliverance. And he wants to launch his church freshly with power. So, uh, you know, immediately when Susan and I were, were uh, watching something, she's, she's a big NBA fan, and uh, 
uh, the NBA shut down, and I just started going, whoa, this is real. This is a big deal. And uh, I just felt uh, immediately God is doing something to prepare his church. He's bringing us to a seminal moment. He's bringing us to a point of transformation, and he's bringing us potentially to a re-understanding of our core, possibly restructuring, putting things back, tearing them apart so he can put them back together. And that's what he's doing in your life. He, in the Old Testament, says, he has broken me and he will heal me. So what are you irritated with in others? What are you judging right now? It may be something that God is putting a mirror on your own life. What are those things? Ask yourself. And I want to challenge you in this, this time after the, the service and in your small group, in your life groups, in whatever situation that you're in, in your own home, if those are uh, uh, your, the people that you're connected to right now, that you're close to, uh, what is God doing there? He is, he's working in our hearts and our lives. Let's pay attention to that. And in, at uh, 11.45, we're going to come back together uh, after this teaching. If you're alone, you want to pray with someone, if you want to address some of these issues, we want to walk together in this way, especially for the people that are most isolated. But I, I want to pray that God would work in our hearts. Will you join me? Holy Spirit, prepare us for this empowering work. Prepare us for this cleansing work. Prepare us, Lord. Show us how to stop being voyeuristic and, and looking at things that are out there and let us see you and see what you're doing in our lives. We love you, Lord Jesus. Be honored. Speak to us. Open up our eyes and hearts. And we know when you do that, it's, it's, it is a, it's a penetrating thing. You know the end from the beginning. You see into the, our very bone marrow. So come and speak. Come and show us your way, Lord. So I bless you. In Jesus' name, may this be a time of sweetness as well as a time of, of penetrating truth. In Jesus' name, amen.